Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Please pray with me. Dear Father in heaven, we ask you to be here with us in this place. We know that you have kept your promise and are here in our midst. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of my favorite memories of our son, Charlie, and fear not, I tell this story with his complete and excited permission. When Charlie was two, we saw him across the room, lying on the floor, pounding his chest and chanting something. And so we approached cautiously, and when we got closer, we realized that he was pounding his chest and chanting, I love me. I am awesome. I love me. I am awesome. And being the good Christian parent that I am, my first thought was of the Simpsons. Homer, I'm sure you'll remember, receives his college acceptance letter in the mail. This is when he's an adult. He has to take a remedial college class because he has initiated a meltdown at the nuclear power plant at which he works. He gets this acceptance letter and starts to dance around his house. I am so smart, he says. I am so smart. S-M-R-T. S-M-R-T. That's what I immediately thought of when I saw Charlie beating his breast and saying, I love me, I am awesome. Of course, my second thought as a good Christian parent was of his eternal soul. Oh no, I worried. His anthropology is too high. His view of himself is too exalted. He might not recognize his need for a savior. It's like when the rich young man came up to Jesus in Mark chapter 10 and called him good teacher. And Jesus' response is, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. No one is awesome, Charlie, except God alone. But this is Palm Sunday. Today, Jesus is awesome. You might even say that Palm Sunday was, in a sense, Jesus at the height of his awesomeness, or at least his sort of popularity. In our first reading this morning, we read about the triumphal entry, Jesus coming into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey that's never been ridden before. And as he rides down to the city, people keep spreading their cloaks and branches of palm on the road. It's their version of a red carpet welcoming Jesus to claim his kingdom. And as we read, the whole multitude of the disciples, remember this is not just the twelve, this is the entire huge crowd that has begun following Jesus around, entranced by his teachings and miracles. This whole multitude begins to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. And then, as if that weren't enough, some Pharisees in the crowd ask 
Jesus to keep his followers quiet. Can you tell him to keep it down, please? And he answers, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. In other words, my awesomeness is so apparent, so indisputable, so self-evident that if these people didn't do it, the very rocks around you would shout out my praise. I love me. I am awesome. Of course, Jesus would never do that for himself. So Palm Sunday is the world pounding his chest for him, chanting, we love Jesus. He is awesome. And Jesus even admits that if no one was willing to do that, the very creation, the rocks, the stones would do it for him. Jesus' name will be praised. He is awesome. But five days later, he's hanging on a cross, a criminal outcast. So Jesus' awesomeness, his greatness, does not quite take the form that the people waving the palm branches on Palm Sunday expect. And make no mistake, Jesus is still great. But something very different happens with his greatness. Now, the nature of Jesus' greatness is described by St. Paul in his letter to the Philippians. Though he was in the form of God, writes Paul, Jesus did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death. On a cross. Therefore, says Paul, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that is, everywhere, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus is highly exalted. He does have the name that is above every name. Every knee does bend at the mention of him. It is indisputable. He is awesome. But why? Why is Jesus awesome? Now, it seems like we've been talking about this a lot recently. Our readings have been leading us here again and again. We talked about it explicitly a couple weeks ago when we read that episode in Numbers 21 that Jesus quotes to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 that the Son of Man must be lifted up just like the bronze serpent was lifted up in the desert so that everyone who believes in him would have eternal life. And If you recall, we said that Jesus was lifted up in esteem because he was lifted up on the cross. Because, to use Paul's language from Philippians 2, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Because he emptied himself of his heavenly birthright. Because he came to earth as a servant, not as a king. Because he crossed the divide between the human and the divine and came to us and came to us to die. That's why 
Jesus is exalted. That's why he's the name above every name. That's why the rocks would cry out, this is the Savior of the world. And Holy Week, the week we're embarking on now, from Palm Sunday's triumphal entry through Thursday's secretive Last Supper to Friday's brutal torture and death, finally culminating in Easter morning's empty tomb, what the church calls these mighty acts of history. Holy Week is what Jesus is predicting in that conversation with Nicodemus. He looks back to Numbers 21, the bronze serpent lifted up, and then forward to Holy Week. This is the time for the Son of Man to be lifted up. The throng on Palm Sunday, crowding and pressing toward the road, singing, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. They were mostly singing Jesus' praises for the wrong reasons. They thought he was coming to be a great political liberator. They didn't understand their own real problem, that they needed to be liberated, not primarily from Roman occupation and rule, but from their own sin, from their impending deaths as a result of that sin. Indeed, they needed to be rescued from the wrath of God. But even though the praises are being offered mostly for the wrong reasons, Jesus does deserve the praise. No one has ever deserved praise more. Remember, the rocks would have cried out. But this is the same crowd that five days later would be in the temple courtyard screaming, crucify him, crucify him. But Jesus wasn't great in the way that they wanted. But he was and he is Great in the way that they needed. Jesus is great in the way that you need. It reminds me of that climactic scene in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, which I hesitated to mention because it's got to be the most common movie ever for sermon illustrations. But it it was so looming in my mind that I had to mention it. This idea of Jesus being great, though not in the way that we expect, reminds me of when Walter Donovan, the Nazi sympathizer, and Indiana Jones find themselves in that underground chamber surrounded by all different kinds of cups and chalices, and they have to drink from whichever one they think is the Holy Grail, the cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper. Walter Donovan goes first, and knowing that Jesus is great, he picks a golden chalice encrusted with jewels. We all know what happens to him. He ages hundreds of years in a few seconds, spoiler alert, and ends up a pile of dust on the floor. And the old knight guarding the grail says that he chose poorly. You see, Donovan understood the cheering crowd on Palm Sunday. He says, as he drinks from the chalice that will eventually kill him, this is a cup worthy of a king. But Donovan can't understand Good Friday. He doesn't comprehend 
that Good Friday is why Jesus is exalted, the real way and reason he's lifted up. See, Walter Donovan wants to use the awesome power of Jesus Christ to make himself awesome. Don't you sometimes catch yourself thinking of Jesus in this way as some kind of energy drink that will help you accomplish all the things you're trying to get done? This is Red Bull Jesus. But like an energy drink, this kind of thinking leads to an inevitable crash. The high wears off and you're right back to where you started. That awesomeness as elusive as ever. This is the kind of Jesus that the crowd on Palm Sunday wanted. They wanted Red Bull Jesus. They, like Walter Donovan, wanted an awesome Jesus that would make them awesome. A Jesus who would rescue them from Roman political rule and give them their nation back. A Jesus who would end all their earthly problems. A Jesus who would put them over the top. But Jesus wasn't that kind of awesome. And Jesus still isn't that kind of awesome. He's not a really effective drill sergeant or workout instructor, giving you the encouragement you need to work harder and do better. He's not going to make you awesome too. Jesus' greatness is in the fact that he set his awesomeness aside. While Adam and Eve sinned by reaching up, wanting to be like God, Jesus came down, not regarding Equality with God as something to be exploited. While we spend every moment of the day trying to figure out ways to get people to serve us, Jesus came to be a servant. While we spend every breath trying to avoid our deaths, Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done and gave his life. As a ransom for many. Jesus is a Good Friday kind of awesome. He's not an energy drink that will push you to new heights. He's the death knell that will end your striving. He's not going to help you be everything you can be. He's going to put you into the grave and then raise you to a new life. A life characterized by him being everything for you. This is the good news of Jesus' greatness. He's going to do so much better than get the best out of you. He's the Savior who gives his best to you. On the cross, all your sin. And faithlessness is laid on him. And all his faithfulness and righteousness is given to you. That's the great exchange that brings us to a school cafeteria every Sunday morning. That's what has us diligently spending hours a week studying scriptures that were written and put together thousands of years ago. That's what has us singing and raising our hands in worship. And the song we sing is the same song that they sang on Palm Sunday all those years ago. 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But after the resurrection, which we'll get to next week, we know why we sing. Jesus Christ is the king, exalted, lifted up. He is highly esteemed because of his sacrifice. He is lifted up because he was lifted up on the cross. He has reconciled us with heaven, achieving peace between sinners and a holy God, the creator of the universe, sinners like me and sinners like you. You have been reconciled to Almighty God on account of Jesus Christ. On account of King Jesus' reign, you are called righteous. On account of His faithfulness, you are called faithful. On account of His sacrifice, you are saved. Jesus' name be praised. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Amen.